Oh, Father, thank you, God, for allowing us to praise you, for putting breath into our lungs so we might be able to sing your praises. You are the Lord our God, and we do worship you. God, right now, uh, we're going to open your word. We're going we're to hear from Doug, from, from Missions of Hope, and God, we're just going to have a good time as we celebrate, God, as we celebrate the truth of who you are, God, and the truth of what it means to serve you. So, Lord Jesus, I pray as we go into this time, I pray that our, our minds would be fixed on you, God, that our ears would be open so we can hear from you today, that you would speak truth into us, God, and that you would change our lives. Even if it's just, uh, just a, a, a small nugget, God, of information about you, God, I know that it can change our lives, it can transform us in a powerful way. So, Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us now, that we might be attentive to you. God, and that we would be changed and you receive glory from that. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So we are very lucky to have with us today Mr. Doug Barker from Missions of Hope Haiti, and uh, he's going to come and he's going to share with you. Uh, he is a dear friend of mine. Um, we have gotten to know, know each other, and, and this guy, uh, he's just an amazing individual. You know one of those guys that you just you talk to, and they've just got the, the sweetest spirit, and they're just... So nice. I mean, this is that guy to me. He is a wonderful man, and uh, we got to have dinner. A group of us got to have dinner last night and just have a good time, and uh, I, I just have a tremendous uh, amount of respect for this man. So if you would, let him know how much we appreciate him being here with us and sharing with us this morning. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Kenny. You got to learn to say it. Just got to learn to say it. I will return and teach on that someday. I understand there's an issue with some in this church. Hey, welcome. Glad you're here today. And I'm glad I'm here today. You get to an age in life where you're glad you're anywhere. Some of you have no idea what that's about. But you'll get there someday. On behalf of Mission of Hope, let me say thanks for everything that Simple Church does. Thank you for being a host for our meal packing called New Manna today. Every one of you need to return. Even if you haven't signed up, there will be space for you. There will be an opportunity to use you. When you leave and go and uh, get ready to come back, I think it's 2 o'clock, am I correct? 2 o'clock, then bring somebody back with you. Somebody that's not connected to Simple Church, let them see the heart of this church and what you do. I, I noticed outside some of the proclamations that you have, and one of those is that you're here to serve. And serve means a whole lot of things, and it's an incredible tool that we have in the body of Christ to be a part of people's lives in places where maybe that we don't go. John wrote in chapter number 13, By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, by the love that you have one to another. Love as a disciple is not just a bumper sticker on the back of a car. Have you ever come upon a car that had a bumper sticker that was in the fast lane going too slow and it said, honk if you love Jesus? 
You ever seen that bumper sticker? Have you ever honked at that person and seen their reaction? And nothing about Jesus in what they did. Nothing about that. Disciple and love isn't because that you wear a necklace, a cross. It's not because of a tattoo of a cross. It's not because that you tell everybody that you're a Christian. It's not because that um, you attend church. It's not because of pictures on the wall at your home. By this shall all men know you're my disciple by the love that you have. This church is an incredible tool and example of that because you care. Caring is a sign of love. Praying is a sign of love. Going is a sign of love. Feeding is a sign of love. Sending is a sign of love. Sponsoring is a sign of love. Let me tell you just some quick things of what your discipleship of love has helped us do just this past year in the country of Haiti. 1,705 people, Haitians, made a decision last year to accept Christ as their Savior. Come on. By this shall all men know. By this. 1,705. That's incredible. 539 people were fitted through our medical tools with a prosthetic, lower limb primarily, or readjusted 539 people that had lost a leg, most of them in 2010 due to the earthquake, were helped last year because of churches and people like you. 539 people walking around Haiti now, no longer an outcast of their village and family. They feel they're complete and they're whole. 56,000 people received medical care last year. 91,000 people are fed a meal every day because of people have chosen to be Christ-like, be a disciple. You're having an opportunity to participate in that. When we began 20 years ago, this is our 20th anniversary, our first feeding was with peanut butter, and it was about 212 people, students. Today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and next Sunday, every day of the calendar in the nation of Haiti, because of people like you that are in Simple Church, because of partnerships with churches like Simple Church, we've gone from 200-plus students to where we're feeding 91,000 people every day a meal. Can you say that's great? That's great. You're participating in that. 40,000 plus meals will be packed a day in somewhat around an hour and a half from start to finish, loaded on a truck 
ready to go to a warehouse to be put on a container to get to Haiti. Those meals that you'll package and you'll see, when they go down through the table and get ready to go in a box, that meal cost about 30 cents a meal. So with 40,000 meals that you're packing today, each one of those packages are going to feed on an average of five Haitians. So today, when you get through around 3.30, this church, you have packed meals that's going to feed right at 200,000 people in an hour and a half. I'm not talking about they're just going to get a spoon as they go down an assembly line. If you've been to Haiti with this church and you've eaten rice and beans and Creole sauce in Haiti with us, that's the type of meal that you're giving to them. I've noticed many times as I've been there and gone through the schools in Haiti where a person has gotten a plate, a student has gotten a plate of that meal. They've taken and they've sectioned off a portion that they wanted to eat and they've taken that other part. They found something, some kind of container, usually a brown paper bag of some nature, and they put the rest of their meal for that day in that bag. Their purpose was to go home to a mom that probably won't eat today or maybe a brother or a sister that doesn't come to school that doesn't eat today. More than likely in Haiti, if a child doesn't go to school, they don't eat. More than likely. So what you're doing today is not only helping somebody that's coming to school to have a meal, but it's helping them find a brown paper bag, halving their meal to take it back to a brother or sister or a mother that doesn't get to come. 30 cents a meal. $10 would do about 34 meals. 34 meals will feed 170 people. I'm not asking you to give anything. But if sometime during the course of this, after you've given of your support of this church, you have the ability and God speaks to you, pastor will give instructions at the close of his message. You can give to help this church, help Mission of Hope, feed people every day of their life. Thank you so much for being a partner with us in Haiti in changing lives. By this shall all men know that you're my disciple by the love that you have. Oh, you did good. You did real good. We had a debate about whether or not he would uh, be able to, to keep it to 15 <laughs> minutes or not. Thank you so much, brother. We appreciate it. You are. You're going to have a chance to, to give to Missions of Hope if God has led you to do so. Um, you know what? I'm going to change what I just said. God has led you to give. I, I can tell that. Just by what he, he said, just by what Doug said up here, there's no way that you can hear that. And God not have impressed upon your heart that you're supposed to give. So when you give, we're going to have some guys stand at the back of the sanctuary as you're going out. And they're just going to have some buckets. And if you want to give, you're going to have the chance to give to Missions of Hope at the end of the service today. Okay? I, I thought it appropriate 
since we're feeding people in Haiti today through our service, I mean, that's amazing to me. 200,000 people will eat as a result of what we'll do this afternoon. That is absolutely unbelievable. I could not help but to, to think about eating and food as we, I thought it appropriate to just bring a message to you today. Um, two examples in, it's going to be in 2 Kings this morning, if you want to turn there, we'll be in chapter 4, 2 Kings. Two examples where Elisha is involved in food preparation, okay, and I thought that this was appropriate since we'll be preparing food today. We all know about Elijah uh, and him being the great prophet, prophet that defeated the, the, uh, the false prophets of Baal. But this is Elisha, someone who lived in approximately the same period of time. And this guy was a little bit different than Elijah. But he actually performed, if you go and you do some studying, he actually performed twice the number of miracles as Elijah performed. So this was a man of God, a prophet of God, in the nation of Israel doing some amazing things to show that he was of God. Do you know that we've got the opportunity today, when we feed these people, to show that we are people of God? Rarely do you see somebody that does not follow God doing something for somebody else with expecting nothing in return, that is the example that our Savior set for us. That we are supposed to love, expecting no love in return, to just love in the name of Christ and to show them that Christ loves them and cares about their needs and Christ has not deserted them. That there are people on the other side of the world that, that are going to love them today by just giving them a meal and we've got that opportunity. So today I thought I would, I would share this passage out of 2 Kings, it says, Elisha now returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the land. So this is a place that he's gone into, and a famine just means simply that, that they don't have any food for one reason or another, whether it be because of a drought or some sort of disease that has, has rocked the nation or, and their, their crops are dying. For whatever reason, there's a famine in the land, so there's a great shortage of food. When you go to Haiti, listen, we don't, we don't, here in the United States, we do not grasp a lack of food, okay? We can go down to McDonald's at any point in time and get as much food as we can pay for, right? In, in Haiti, it's just not that way. And you really get a taste of that when you are there and you are experiencing that and you look at kids and you can see. I mean, like I was, I remember distinctly, I was playing soccer with these guys out there on this field, and they, I mean, like, now you look at them, you say, man, they're just ripped up, and you can see all their muscles because they're so strong. Mainly the reason is, is because they don't have enough fat to surround those muscles like we do here. You know, here, I mean, we, we, we just got food in abundance there. It's just not that way. I mean, fresh water, clean water is something they just don't have. And I watched these guys run around the soccer field for like hours, and they never drank anything, you know, and I'm just amazed at that. I don't think that we have a clear understanding here in, in the environment that we live in the United States of America of what it means to have a shortage of food, to not have food. It's not something that does not compute to us. When you go to a place like Haiti, and, and, and what's interesting is, is I, I'll be the first one to admit when I go to Haiti, I go, 
You know, the side of me goes, ah, I'm going to miss my steak. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to miss my hamburger. It's going to be a a while before I'm going to get another hamburger. And I I miss that. Admittedly, I'll, I'll say that, you know, I'm selfish enough to think that in my mind. And when you go there, you know, the, the food is, is, is kind of plain a lot of times. And you go, man, I miss the abundance that we have back in the United States of America. I miss that abundance that we have. If you want to go and see what it means to have a lack of food, go to, go to a third world country like Haiti. And you will have a real appreciation, a real understanding of what it means to be without And you will see people on the side of the road. You'll see trash and rubbish piled up on the side of the road because there's no sanitation to speak of. And, and, I mean, it's just overwhelming. You're just hit in the face. There are smells there. I mean, just because of the lack of sanitation, there's just things that you smell. And when you go to Haiti, there's a smell that rocks your senses that you never forget. I got a whiff of something the other day that smelled like it, and just immediately my mind went to Haiti and what it smelled like and, and just the devastation that I saw there and the fact that there was, were people going to the bathroom on the side of the road, bathing and washing their clothes and washing their motorcycles in, in the same creeks as where they get their water. You know? I mean, all of these things, I mean, we, we just, I don't think we have a genuine understanding of the abundance that we have here. And I'm so thankful I'm so thankful that you guys are willing to participate in the food packing that's happening today. Where we can give out of the abundance that we have, we can give to somebody who has less. And here, we see a famine has rocked the land. One day, as a group of prophets was seated before him, he said to his servant, put a large pot on the fire and make some stew for the rest of the group. One of the young men went into the field and gathered herbs and came back. With a pocket full of wild gourds. He shred them and put them in the pot with the, without realizing they were poisonous. Sounds like a bad thing, right? Some of the stew was served to the men, but after they had taken a bite or two, they cried out, Man of God, there's poison in this stew. So they would not eat it. Now, I, I, I'm not going to shout necessarily where the Bible is largely silent, but I just... I want to kind of draw some analogies out of this because look at the next verse. It says, Elijah said, bring me some flour. Then he drew it, threw it into the pot and said, now it's all right. Go ahead and eat. And then it did not harm them. So if you think about what's going on here, they are hungry. They don't really have anything to eat. So Elisha sends them out. Go and get get some food and bring it back. We'll make a stew out of it. All right? And, And these guys are, they're, they're, under their best intentions, they're going and grabbing some stuff, the things that they can get their hands on, and they're doing the best that they can so they can try to feed everybody, right? So, I mean, they've got a, a good idea in mind. But what happens? What happens? It turns out that the gourds that they picked, the things that were supposed to give them nourishment, is actually poisonous, right? Does this look a little bit like our lives? Does this look a little bit like the way that we behave to some degree? And that is when we do it on our own accord, when we do it under our own direction, it doesn't matter how good our intentions are, we still mess up. We still make mistakes. There are still things that just aren't right. To me, this looks like the picture of all of us and all of humanity. It could even look like the picture of the garden, if you will, right? 
where man fell? Because the, the fruit was poisonous? No matter how good our intentions are, no matter how much we intend to do something good, still the end result, when we do it under our own abilities, so many times it comes up short. So many times we fall short, and instead of being good, it ends up being poison. Have you ever done this in your life? You ever done something with good intentions, and it turns out that it's poisonous? There are so many times that we do things in our lives... And we think we have good intentions, but indeed it causes damage to us. We were talking about the other night, uh, on the Wednesday night before last, and we were talking about, I mentioned buyer's remorse, right? And this is what happens when you go to the car dealership and you find that great, beautiful car that you've always dreamed of having. It's brand new, it's got a sticker in the window, you get into it and the smell is just luxurious. That's the word, right? Like, you cannot, even though they sell the new car scent, you cannot get the new car scent unless you get a new car. Am I right about that? I always, I've always been bothered by that. These scientists that are great and wonderful, why can they not create a scent that smells like a new car? They sell a scent that says new car, but it's not a new car scent. So anyway, so you get in that car, and man, it is just, ah, you know what I mean? Nobody has sat in that seat before. Nobody has spilled a drink in the cup holder yet. You know, there's not the little splatter marks on the windshield where somebody sneezed in the car. It's just not there, you know. It's like, this is great. I love the idea of having this new car. And then the salesman comes up, right? And he's like, no, nothing against car salesmen, if there are any in the room. He comes up and he says, how can I help you today? And he's got a grin on his face because he sees that you smelled the new car scent. Am I right? He's got that grin, and he's like, today, they buying a car. I can tell, you know. And, and what do you do? What do you do? It's like, well, I like this car. Can I drive it? He's oh, yeah, you can drive it. You doggone right you can drive it. He knows as soon as he gets you to drive that thing, you're going to be like, oh, it doesn't do like this all over the road when I drive it like my old one. You know what I mean? Like, when, it turn, when I turn the wheel like this, it actually goes that direction, and, and you get all excited about that. Man, this is a new car, and it's great. And he, then he starts going through all the features. Well, it's got this right here. It'll sing to you if you put this, push this button right here. It will. It will, it will read your text messages in a way that sings to you. You know, that, that's one of the new features they've got now. It'll sing to you, sing your text messages to you, right? Uh, it, it, you know, like you don't even have to fool with the temperature. It just knows if you're hot or cold. It just reads your mind. It, it will just read your mind and it will adjust the temperature. So that you're perfectly comfortable inside this car at all times. And you never have to worry about a thing. And now if you really want to get fancy, we got some cars, man, they'll drive themselves, right? They'll drive. There's no harm in that, right? No risk involved in a car driving itself, of course, right? So, so then you go back to the dealership. He's got, he's got, he knows he's got you hook, line, and sinker. He knows you're in. And you go in and start having this conversation about, how much it's going to cost, right? Well, instead of talking about how much it's going to cost, they talk about the payment, right? So what, what, what's, what, what kind of payment are you looking for, right? <laughs> like we can finance it for 4,000 years, but what kind of payment are you looking for, right? And you think, man, I can afford that payment. I can do that. 
Now, you'll be upside down in the loan in about two weeks, but, but I can afford that payment, you know. And that's what you do. So you, you sign up, like, all you got, man, you don't even have to put no money down. You don't, you don't even have to write a check today. You just sign right here, and you can have this car and this payment for 40 years and 40, <laughs> while you wander the desert, you know. But, and then you wake up the next morning, right? And you go, man, did I really need that car? It's a pretty car. It looks pretty sitting out there in the driveway. But then again, at the end of the day, it's, it's just a car. It's just going to take me back and forth to work like one that costs about half as much would have done. And you go, oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's what I should have done. You know what I rarely find happen? I rarely see that. I'm not saying never. I just I rarely see this. I, I rarely see somebody get down their hands and face and pray to God, God, please show me the car that I'm supposed to have. Have you ever, you ever thought about that? God, you've given me such an abundance, and, and I am thankful for it. Everything I have is because you've given it to me, so I'm going to get down on my hands and face before you and say, God, show me what car I'm supposed to have. You don't see many people doing that. When we do things apart from God, when we do things under our own guidance, our own leadership, many times we screw up. Many times we do it the wrong way because we're not, we don't have God in the center of every single thing that we do. Therefore, we just end up in the wrong place and we go, man, I never believed I would get here. I never believed that this would happen. And, and you're looking out there in the driveway and that's a nice car, but it's a huge payment. And I don't know if we'll be able to afford that in six months. We end up with buyer's remorse so many times when we're doing things under our own leadership. And here, these guys had a great intention to feed each other, and they were doing a great thing, it seemed like. But it turned out that they messed up, right? So what do they do? They call out to the man of God. Now, they're talking to Elisha here. Man of God, this is poison. We can't eat this. It, it, you know, in, in the Kenny vernaculars, do, do something, you know? It's like, fix this. And what does he do? He says, bring me some flour. And he sprinkles some flour into the pot. I said, okay, it's good now. The man of God intervened, and all of a sudden, now what was poisonous is now good. You see that? You see the relationship there? That's us, right? We're not good on our own. We're not good when we do things on our own. As a matter of fact, we're innately, in, in, in the very core of who we are, we are sinful, evil people. Our, co our core, our, our, our heart is wickedly evil and deceitful above all things. And then we've got good intentions and we try to do all the right things. But every time we try to do the right things, it's st we still end up falling short. And then the man of God comes in, and, and instead of sprinkling a little flour, he sprinkles a little blood into our lives. And all of a sudden, what was bad is now good. Yeah. And that's what Jesus does in our lives. Yeah. He comes in, and he, 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 he sprinkles, and, and he, he, he says, okay, now. Now, it, it was bad now, before, but now, now it is good. See, without God, it's not good. On our own, it's bad, it's evil, it's bitter, it's poison. But with God, it is sweet and it is nourishment. Yeah. It satisfies. It fills you up. 
It's what gives you what you need on the inside. It is what causes the hunger to subside. It nourishes your body. It feeds your body. It makes your body stronger. And that is what we see when God enters in. That's what he does. So there's one other example. I'll just run through this real quick in the last part of this chapter 4. One day a man from Baal Shalisha, I said that right, brought the man, the man of God a sack of fresh grain and 20 loaves of barley, bread made from the first grain of his harvest. Elisha said, give it to the people so they can eat. What? His servant exclaimed. Feed a hundred people with only this? You ever heard a story like this before? But Elisha repeated, Give it to the people so that they can eat. For this is what the Lord says. Everyone will eat and there will be some left over. And when they gave it to the people, there were plenty for all and some left over just as the Lord had promised. So I believe you probably heard a story like this before where Jesus feeds the 5,000. Five, five loaves and two fishes, you know. So the little boy comes up, got a sack lunch and we're going to feed all these people. The, 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 the Jacksonville State University football stadium full of people. We're going to feed all these people with five loaves and two fishes. Well, this is on a smaller scale, admittedly. But what is brought to Elisha at this point in time is about one-fifth of what it would need to, to feed all of these hundred people that are there in, in his presence right then. And the servant looks at him. Man, you're crazy. You're crazy, Elisha. There's no way this is going to feed everybody. He says, what? If it was me, I was a servant, I'd say, do what? He says, what? Feed a hundred people with only this? But Elijah repeated. He said, okay, you, what, you don't, what you're not seeing here is exactly, he's got to add something to it. See, Elisha's a man who walked with God and is in constant communication with God. Somebody who, what we would call today, walking in the Spirit, constantly in communication with God, letting God lead their every step. And that's what the prophets did, and that is the way Elisha li lived his life. He says, Give it to the people so they can eat, for this is what the Lord says. You see, he couldn't say that if he wasn't in constant prayer with the Lord. If he wasn't in constant communication with the one who sustains him every single day of his life, this is how the prophet lived. And then when it comes to a situation like this, the servant goes, what? How is this going to work? He says, you don't understand. This is what the Lord says. Everyone will eat and there will be some left over. You remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? How many basketfuls were left over? Twelve, right? An abundance left over. See, God feeds and he nourishes. I want you to understand something. Have you ever thought about this? And I, 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 I'm speculating here, right? I, I'm speculating here, but I want to I say this because I got to thinking about this this morning. Do you know it may not have taken as much to make them full? Yes, Jesus multiplied and he added two constantly as he broke. He kept breaking it. But do you know that, have you ever thought about, well, maybe it didn't take as much to make them full? Maybe because Jesus is there in their midst and maybe because Jesus is doing the work, maybe they're satisfied and more full even though they have a lesser amount. That Jesus is the one that's actually satisfying them. It's not so much the bread, it's the bread of life that is giving the nourishment that they need. And here we, we, we see that God just continues to give us and feed us and give us what we need. And therefore we are satisfied more easily. 
Do you know that you live a life that is pleasing to God and, and you walk in step with the Spirit every single day of your life? It takes you very little to be satisfied. You aren't seeking this and that and the new car and the new house and all that. It takes very little for you to be satisfied if you are walking with God and you're in step with the Spirit. And Jesus gives you this, I mean, like, like you're down and you're pre- depressed and you're sad and, and you come to church even though you didn't want to. You didn't want to get up early and, and you come to church and, and God just gives you this little nugget, this little nugget of nourishment. And it fills you up and it sustains you. And you're like, man, I didn't even know I was hungry. You ever felt that before? You come into church and God gives you something. You say, I didn't even know that I was, I was feeling bad. I didn't even know that I was dealing with this situation in my life. But God opened my eyes and opened my heart and he fed me today. Yeah. That's what a lot of people talk about when they come to church. Getting fed today, right? And here they walk into church not expecting God to feed them and he feeds them. Out of his abundance. You see, we come in sinful. The negativity that overflows our minds and our hearts because the world is a difficult place to live in. We come in and we hear about His grace. And where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And out of the abundance of His grace, He nourishes us. And then you know what? He nourishes us and we are full. It takes less to satisfy us. And then what happens? There's 12 basketfuls left over. There's more left over. You know why that is? So other people can come and eat. So other people that don't even know they're hungry, they can come and eat. Do you know that that's what we're supposed to take out of this place is the 12 basketfuls left over? We, we should go out of this place and say, man, there's an abundance of nourishment for you in this place. There's an abundance of nourishment for you in Jesus Christ. If you will come to him, he will show you not only that he can feed you, but that you're hungry too. That's the picture, right? That's the picture of our sin. You see, if you don't recognize that you're hungry, then you'll have no place in your life for the nourishment, the bread of life. And that's what the law is there for. That's, what, that's, that's why God shows us, man. Here's where you have fallen short. No matter how good your intentions are, you will fall short. You will fall short. Your good intentions are going to look like poison. You're going to end up empty. And you're going to need something from God. If you don't have it from God, it's going to destroy you. And if you don't have it from God, you're going to die of hunger. That's what you're going to die of. So today, we got a chance to feed some people, right? We got a chance for some people to receive nourishment out of the abundance of what we have. Well, I want you to know that this is a picture of Christ. This is a a picture of the abundance that that, that God has given us. I mean, we're all blessed. We're blessed beyond measure, right? And and we have this abundance and we have this, this amazing gift that God has given each and every one of us. And now we have a chance to bless out of that abundance. Now, I'm not just talking about food. Although we're going to do that today. I'm talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the bread of life. There are 12 basketfuls left over and there is enough for everyone. And we are supposed to go and we are supposed to take that into the world and feed them and show them that they're hungry. Today, will you be the hands and feet of Christ? Not only when it comes to feeding people today, will it go beyond that? 
Will it go beyond that so that people can see, man, that there is more, there is more there in this life that I need. There, there is more that I've got to have if I'm going to have anything good in my life. Why am I so hungry? Will you be the hands and feet of Jesus as you take those 12 basketfuls around in your life and show that, man, there's an abundance here. Your, your life is bitter. Your life, you don't, you don't know why it's turned upside down, why, why it's so full of poison. You don't, you don't know why? It's because you haven't had Jesus come and sprinkle his blood and say, now, now you're clean. Now you're good. It's not bitter anymore. It's not poison anymore. Maybe today, maybe God has opened your eyes. Maybe you recognize that you're not a Christ follower. You can't take out of the abundance and, and give to somebody else because you're still hungry. You may not know that you're hungry. I pray today that God will open up your eyes so that you can see that indeed you are hungry. That there is a hunger inside of you that, that it will never be filled until it's filled by the bread of life. You need Jesus Christ. If he is not the center of everything for you, if your first thought is not to come to Jesus, you need to examine yourself to see if really this heart that you have is a heart of your own will or a heart of God's will. We allow God to change your life today, whether it's, maybe, maybe for some of you, it's salvation. Maybe that's what, that's what God's calling you to today. Or maybe today, God's calling you to, to come and, and repent of the selfishness that you've got in your life, where you've got abundance, but you don't share it with anybody. Or maybe today, God has just shown you how you need to go and take that abundance to somebody else, and you haven't been doing that. Or maybe you just need to come and talk to God about it. Or maybe you haven't been walking in step with the Spirit. And today you say, God, I have been distant from you. And I need to walk in the Spirit like Elisha did. I need to constantly be in communication with you and constantly be seeking your will for everything in my life. Whatever the case, I pray that you'll respond as the Holy Spirit leads you. Father, thank you, God, for this precious word. And how you challenge us every single time we open this book. God, that... that, that as this word feeds us, God, as it fills us up, as it nourishes us, God, it can only do that because of your son, Jesus Christ, because of the sacrifice on the cross for every one of us. God, the blood that was shed on that cross was the blood that was sprinkled into our lives, that took our bitter lives and made it sweet again. God, I just pray that people would see that today. God, how we desperately need you, and Lord, there are others that need you as well. I pray that out of the abundance of our lives, we would. We'd do just as Doug has said. God, we would, we would love one another. And that we would be seen as your disciples. God, I pray that you would move and you would speak in this service. God, in, in just a little while, we're going to have an opportunity to give to Mission of Hope. and I, I, I pray that you just continue to move in our lives. God, you do the work right now as we respond to you. And may you receive the glory and the honor from all of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would everyone stand?